I'm Luka Doncic and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. This is gonna be huge. 360 in the contract. Never that. I just take the contact. I bring it back. I'm running on the fast break behind the back. Yeah, this that, this that, this that. Jerk with the And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engstead, and joining me, as always, my co-host, contributor at Mavs.com for three. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? What an incredible game. Such a fun game. It was fun being there tonight in the the AAC, if you are there as a Mavs fan. Um, shout out to the guy on the front row who had Lakers jersey on. <laughs> it cool was not me. <laughs> um, shout out to uh, Eden... Hazard? Hazard, yeah. H- Hazard uh, for being there. Of our and, Chelsea. Yeah, well, formerly, previously. Formerly. Yes. Uh, but anyway, that was literally the first thing that was told to me when I, I walked into the <laughs> arena, and which was literally like 4.30, 5 o'clock, and uh, that he was going to be there uh, tonight. Pat Mahomes, shout out shout to you, out. bro. I'm fairly, I'm 95% com- take confident. Home. I left the arena around like 11.30. And sitting outside of one of the closed rooms was Luca's girlfriend, and I'm pretty holder. confident. I'm pretty confident <laughs> it was Pat Mahomes' girlfriend too. Oh. They were both sitting outside talking. So I'm just drawing a conclusion that it was still like 11:30, and Pat Mahomes and Luca was just in this. It was still in the arena, hanging were, out. Somewhere. They were in the practice. They're in the practice gym with Dirk. <laughs> they actually could have been in the practice gym because they were kind of anyway. But what a fun night. Oh, Good conspiracy! Oh, Luca, Luca's messing around with Pat Mahomes with his with his hurt thumb. <laughs> He's trying to recruit Pat Mahomes to the Cowboys. Did you what? Oh, it's on the Cowboys. Coming up next, I'll tell you why Dak Prescott. <laughs> his Dak Prescott's days are numbered. Is Tampa bound? Luka Doncic, Pat Mahomes, Dak Prescott. Why Dak's days are numbered? <laughs> All right, on the pod today, we are going to have so much fun. Uh, talking about this win. The Mavericks win in overtime, 127 to 123. There were 1,001 things that happened in this game. We will not get to all of them. Uh, and so all of you that like to tweet us and send us messages, if you guys didn't talk about this, just know it's going to happen this pod. There's so many things that happen. Um, man, like we could start with the very end of the And by the way, you'll hear from from Zion Williamson. I, Isaac got talked to Zion. And so you'll hear from him. Later in the pod, you'll hear from Luca and Porzingis. We'll hear about Luca's thumb. You'll hear Porzingis talking about him and Luca playing together. Some really good quotes from them. So stick around and listen to those interviews. Should we just start with Maxi Kleba? Like let's let's, let's start with Maxi because um, his stats weren't incredible, right? And it's this this is the thing with Maxi: five points. He was a minus four, <laughs> uh, seven boards, four assists, five blocks. He had four fouls. Uh, and he only had two fouls, I think, going into overtime, which was wild. Um, and he used two of eight from the floor, one of four from three, no free throws. But he played almost 40 minutes. I mean, th- those aren't incredible numbers, but he was so impactful in this game. Yeah. He, his defense on Zion was the best that I've seen a player. I've watched a bunch of Zion games. I've probably watched uh, six or seven Zion games, and this is the best defense I've seen somebody play on him. 
We need to get Jake Madison back on here to ask him, is this the best defense somebody's played against Zion so far? Because I'll text him. I'll, I'll, from, I'll see you right now. We'll do it live. From, from our perspective, yeah, I mean, as as good as you could play, possibly play Zion. Now, listen, I I was sitting in the press box tonight. A bunch of us media guys were sitting there talking, and uh, Jonathan Charks and I were having uh, fun talking about Zion's game. And it's just crazy that Zion – he doesn't have a ton of moves down in the paint, but it's like when he does his one move, you can barely stop it. That rip through, but, just just that like, like left to right or right to left, whatever side he's on, just that crossover. But he doesn't even put the ball on the ground. Like it's just a rip, and then he just he's so quick in his first step. It's amazing. But he like lowers his shoulder too, and I think some of the difference is like Maxi Maxi. You know, not really flop, but he tried to take the charge at one time towards the end of the game in the fourth. Zion dunked it, and Zion looked at him. You know, coming, you know, turning back around and stared at him a little bit. And but that that like stare was out of frustration. You could tell. You could tell Zion was very uncomfortable in this game and very frustrated in this game because they were getting physical with him. It wasn't just this. Hey, we're gonna bang off of you. Maxi had what four blocks on him tonight. And four blocks in the game. I think they were all on Zion. I mean. One like two those first two blocks on Zion, it was just hey, I'm gonna go straight up with you, and I'm gonna cram it right back down in your face. And not many people do that against Zion. And I just I loved how Maxi played him tonight. I loved the help defense that KP provided. KP talked about that tonight. Tim Cato joked with him uh, in the post game presser of saying, "Hey, you glad Maxi got that assignment, and not you?" And KP at first said, "Hey, you know, uh, <laughs> no, I, I would, you know, I would have taken that as you know assignment." No, no, no. He's like, but he did mention. He said, "With me guarding favors, it did allow me." You know the ability to come over and help on some of those plays, and you saw Porzingis. I just thought the Mavericks played Zion really well tonight, and Maxi is the definition uh, in this game of you can't look at a box score and no. say you look at this box score and you're like Maxi, what kind of game did he have? No, you watch this game, and he's one of the MVPs of this game. And Zion had 21 points, and he was nine of 18 from the floor, but. A good Zion game is shooting like 70, 80 percent, and so to hold him, you know, to what he did, and Zion got a couple of buckets that weren't on Maxi either. Like you can't just hold that to it either. Um, no. And he only shot five free throws. That's that's huge for you know to hold Zion to that. Um, and he only had six rebounds. Zion only had six yeah. rebounds. He is just an incredible rebounding machine. But Maxi Kleba, I think, uh, deserved the top of the show mention. So. Um, Man, Luca had 17 ports tonight. <laughs> That's crazy. It's wild. So many things from this. Like we could just sit here and say, "Oh, this thing from this game. Oh, remember this thing? Like, oh, remember this thing? There's so many things." Um, so, all right, coming up, let's get into the rest of this game. Let's talk about uh, the end of the game, man. Uh, Porzingis had an incredible game again. 34 points. Uh, he's still on a roll. He's turning heads. I mean, this is a national yeah. TV game. It's going to turn heads about Kristaps Porzingis. Uh, and you're going to see that we were ahead of the curve on most of the stuff, uh, putting him in the top 10, under 25, uh, you know, all that kind of stuff that people are going to start moving that way with Kristaps Porzingis. So let's talk about that coming up. All right, Isaac. Uh, man, just there's so many things from this game. Um, Kristaps Porzingis, I thought that he – Played such a good game. He yeah. rushed. He rushed. He rushed his shot a couple of times. Uh, he took twenty eight shots though, uh, but he hit fourteen of them. Three of nine from three, which is fine. Three of three from the free throw line. Twelve point or twelve boards. Thirty four points. 
three assists that I thought were important and five blocks. He all got he got all of them in the first half, but he also altered a bunch of shots too. He just had such an impactful game all around. This is a this was a Chris Porzingis game. Um, I was broadcasting in, in forty five minutes. That, that, he played forty five minutes. That's that's the thing. He, you know what? He probably doesn't play forty five minutes in if he played against the Bulls the other night. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, it's just one of those things where... It's true. Yeah, he plays 40... I, I think him playing 45 minutes tonight, and, yeah, I think that speaks volumes of where he's at uh, as a player right now and his health and everything. Even though, you know, yeah, you, you rest him on some of those games and it allows him to play in some of these big games like this. Um, I was broadcasting on this new app called Hot Mike, and I'm doing this... I'm Probably going to do this a couple times. Uh, it went really well. I thought the first one. You can watch a stream of me basically calling the game, talking about the game, answering questions. And uh, there's a link in the description of this podcast you can click. But while I was talking, I was talking to you know the people on chat, and they're saying you know Porzingis is taking all these shots, and Luca looks timid. And this was a game where Porzingis had the mismatch. Like every time they switched um, on you know pick and pop, pick and roll, pick and pop, Porzingis had. Drew Holiday on him, or he had Lonzo on him, or he had even Zion on him, or he just could shoot over the top of him. And it was so important for Porzingis to be able to take advantage of that matchup. And he's hitting in those mid-range shots, and that's the shots he was hitting in this game, and that's what made him so deadly. Yeah, I don't... Charks and I were going back and forth about this in the game, and because I don't understand why the Pelicans... I don't understand why Alvin... Which, Alvin Gentry is a whole different subject, but (laughs) why don't they just go small? In this situation, like I would have, well, they couldn't Zion, against Porzingis. But, but here's the thing: I would have, I would have went small and put Zion and Ingram as my front court, and then run three guards out there: Lonzo, Drew, and let's say yeah, Josh. They have no rim protection at that point. Then, yeah, I put Zion on Porzingis, and and then and then dare Porzingis. He's Porzingis ain't going to guard Zion. The thing is, though, da- Zion hasn't been as good of a defender as we thought he was going to be coming in. Like when we were talking with Jake the other day, he said that he's actually been terrible, <laughs> and he's been getting beat he, off he the dribble lost. all the time. Yeah, and he looks lost and all that kind of stuff. So you're really killing yourself on the defensive end, and that's where they're bad. They've been but, a really good he offensive put up 34. team. Like that's my thing. Like he was roasting. Like he was roasting them on switches. So and favors. I wasn't too impressed with Favors. He played 31 minutes, but I just, as much as Porzingis was just cooking at some point, I, I just wish if I was them, I would have go small sometimes and say, all right, Porzingis, you're going to have to guard one of Zion or Ingram, or you're going to have to chase around one of these guards or dare them to go zone at some point. But just try to throw them off or something. But they play Zion in the paint, and so... They have one guy. Still, de- they have one guy definitely still hanging out there where Porzingis can can stick around. Um, yeah, Porzingis. Then I guess he, if they kept Maxi in with Porzingis, then they would have had to put Porzingis on one of those perimeter guys. And I thought yeah, like they should have. They thought I thought they maybe should have thrown Porzingis on Brandon Ingram late in the game uh, mm-hmm. when he was just killing Tim Hardaway Jr. and he killed Cur- and he killed uh, Curry, I think, or Delon Wright or somebody, or no, Courtney Lee uh, when he hit that clutch shot on him. Um, but yeah, you play with freaking Zon- Lonzo's like career game. The thing is, he hit seven threes the night before. <laughs> I know. And Rick Carlisle, I meant to tweet this out. I should have tweeted it out. But Rick Carlisle still have time to, to do that <laughs> to praise. Always to praise time to tweet Lonzo after the game in the post game presser, saying, "Hey," he said, and he's like, "Man, Lonzo Ball's worked on his three point shot, and he's really improved as a player." And he mentioned that he's like, "He hit seven threes the night before, and now he hit seven threes again tonight." And he just, I, I thought Lonzo played. 
we were both fans of Lonzo coming out of the draft. I was fans, still a fan of Lonzo when he got traded for yeah. and from the Lakers. I, I think he's going to be a good basketball player, and if he if this is consistent, I think he can be a really good basketball player. Yeah, he he can just be exactly what this team needs. If he can hit, knock down shots like that, uh, if he can you know throw the go ahead passes, he can you know make some plays in, in transition where you know other players aren't as good. Like him and Zion have an incredible chemistry. Um, but Lonzo though, so he's seven eleven from three, nine of nineteen from the floor. Um, he had twenty five points, eleven boards, six assists. He got overconfident, and I called it on, the, on my Hot Mike broadcast. I called it. I said, watch this. Lonzo's going to get uh, overconfident. He's going to chuck a three, and he did, and he stepped all the way back, and he chucked that three late in the game and completely missed it, and that's when the ball got kicked over to Derek Favors, and he shot that corner three. Man, I, that last possession. <laughs> that was so was wild. That didn't make any sense. That was right before uh, they went to overtime, right? Or that was a, that was in yeah. overtime. Man, I'm getting all this confused now. No, that was in regulation because that was before the Nico Melli. Melli the shot. Oh, the Melli shot. Is Melli now with on par with like DJ Augustine and guys like that that killed the Mavs? No. Just just the one shot. That shot <laughs> no, was inc- he, that Melli shot to force overtime was incredible. That was his only shot he hit the entire game. I thought for sure his feet were on the line it's the only when he one shot that mattered. it. I'm like, oh, oh, I was like, yeah, that's a two. His, then it showed it. Like he curled his toes to be able to to stay within the three point line. It was wild, and he his feet were like angled a certain way that he wouldn't go. That I mean, that's practiced. I I thought I thought that looking at that, just he had practiced that corner three a lot. But he hit that with Porzingis's hand in his face. I mean, Porzingis. Yeah. Porzingis like loses a pound of muscle and he's able to block that shot, right? <laughs> right. Like if Porzingis hadn't swelled up over the offseason, he would have blocked the shot because it wouldn't have been as weighed down. Man. Uh, I will admit you, I tweeted about this at the end of the game, but I think Dallas was missing Dorian uh, to yeah, to guard huge. Ingram there at the end. And um even though Ingram had, you know, been playing well, you know, for the majority of the game or even at the beginning of the game when Dorian was, you know, on him, you still gotta have Dorian at the end of the game there and um, you know, Carlos said after the game voluntarily, he's like, "Hey, you know, hip flexor, no timetable yet. Uh, you know, they don't know how serious it is or anything right now. But you know, you know, he left pretty early. He only played nine minutes in the game, and you know, he never returned. So hopefully, you do. <laughs> this Mavs team def- desperately needs Dorian uh, as their wing defender. So hopefully, this isn't a very long absence for him. People in the chat on Hot Mike were asking about, you know, who's the second, who's the third, you know." fourth best player most impactful player on the Mavericks and it's a conversation we've had on this podcast a lot but you look no further than all of a sudden if Dorian Finney-Smith isn't playing then all of a sudden you have Courtney Lee as your next defender up to guard Brandon Ingram <laughs> I mean that is that's well Tim Hardaway would take that and I mean you saw him he he hit that shot over Tim Hardaway you know two of those clutch shots in the fourth quarter and yeah so Tim's kind of like that next guy goes up but then I mean but like uh, yeah I don't want to take shots at Tim, but like Dorian, you know, I think Dorian's a better. He's defender a better defender than, him, than so. Tim. I mean, it's, it's yeah. it is a step down. You know, he's been solid this year, but he's not, you know, an elite defender, and we think Dorian is. So, uh, what yeah. about the Willie Cauley Stein minutes tonight? So many Willie Cauley Stein. Do we want to talk about this now? <laughs> I just want to. T- I just want to make sure we touch on some of these guys before we get into some audio. But Willie and Seth for sure. Yeah. So uh, Willie Cauley Stein. Just under 16 minutes. He only hit one shot, uh, five boards. He had two blocks. And he played a bunch of minutes. Uh, was this the most that we've seen him play besides maybe like garbage time or a game 
like a, a game where Luca and Porzingis didn't play? I think it is. I think he was the first sub uh, after Seth Curry in this game, and uh, we're all looking at each other like, hey, Willie's getting in the game early. There were plays late in the game where Willie Collistein was lining up in the in the corner. There was a lineup <laughs> in the fourth quarter in which they played Willie, Porzingis, and Maxi. Now, granted, it was only for like three minutes the or mini two dra- minutes. The ma- mini giraffe gaff. And then they put Seth in for Willie, but that's what I tweeted out and everything. I was like, is Maxi at the three right now? Because like that that was uh, kind of crazy there for Mom. But yeah, I thought it was a solid minutes for him, uh, 15 minutes, even though you know he was a, a minus two on the night. Uh, compared to Seth Curry coming off the bench. Seth, oh, God bless, man. What a freaking <laughs> groove that he's in right what now. What a signing. And the dude is just torching it. Uh, he was a plus 18 tonight off the bench in 37 minutes. Uh, he put up 21 points, 6 of 9. Nice. From from the three-point line, 66%. Um, yeah, I mean, the dude's just balling right now. And I, I, I'm i happy for him. I'm happy for the Smash team, too, because – Everything we've been saying about having him and Tim Hardaway step up, kind of combined as the third guy, uh, really with Maxi too. I, I don't, you know, Seth, Tim, Maxi, Dorian, those four guys, plus KP and Luca. Like that's six guys All right guys. there. That well, I'm saying that that's six guys. Like we were talking about like rotation stuff tonight. I'm like they, they right now they have six guys that I trust on the floor most at all the time. Yeah. It's when, you know, then you get into Willie, DeLon, DeLon Brunson, JJ, that, you know, Justin some Jackson. nights are, no, no nights for him right now. But the, like wow. DeLon has, no, I'm just, I'm just saying like Mavs. DeLon has, own Isaac Harris says. I'm saying DeLon has no. like good nights right now. No and, nights I mean, for you. DeLon has good nights. Uh, no so nights now. for you. Delon did hit three threes tonight. We need to give. He like, was so bad in the first half, and then he he really picked it up in the second half. I thought he had a I thought he had a really impactful half. He was running the offense. He hit those three threes. Uh, he also had five assists, so he had ten points, five assists, uh, a couple steals as well. I thought he had a, a much better bounce back half. He was plus eleven for the game too, so team was outscoring uh, the Pelicans yeah. when he was on the floor. Um, but first half, he was terrible. His defense was bad. I thought that Drew Holiday scored so easily over him a couple times uh, that it was kind of embarrassing. But he really picked it up. Is now the time to talk about Drew Holiday and the dance? Go ahead. Because that Luca possession with Drew Holiday guarding him. I can't believe it took just, us this long to get to it. But here we are. I mean, well, okay. We can just talk about Luca now. Just having. Luca's ability at the end of these games that I mean these are it's these moments that you it's just he's 20 and we just trust him so much at the end of these games that this is what the stars in the league like when you have a Kevin Durant or LeBron or something like that you give them the ball at the end of these games and you're like oh man I trust this guy like he's he's done it he's been in the league for a bit and Luca at 20 you're like all right give him the ball like I trust him already it's it's natural for us right now but it's unnatural for the rest of the league and he just gets he makes everything happen and it's crazy. Zion is an unnatural player, a generational talent, all that stuff. After the game, I saw somebody tweet at Jake Madison, uh, host of the Locked On Pelicans podcast. They said, I hope that this Pelicans fan said, I hope that Zion has the same kind of control, you know, a hundred something games into his NBA career that Luca has. 
And I didn't want to respond and like completely bash that guy's hopes and dreams, but he's he's probably not, right? Like he's probably no. not because Luca has the control of a top five, top seven when KD and Steph are back, like a top ten player in the NBA. Like that yeah. is just unreal at this point. And we have to appreciate every single moment we get from Luca because his control, the way that he, you know, is in, in clutch moments, and the Mavs have had clutch issues all this season, but you know. When it comes down to it, in tough games like this, he came through in just the biggest way possible uh, with his passing making de- and just making decisions and when he should shoot, when he should drive, when he should take a step back, when he should you know kick to, to Porzingis, when he, to take advantage of Chris Ops Porzingis' matchups. Uh, I thought Luca just kind of handled everything. After the game, Carlisle even mentioned that you know, with the guys like Luca and Porzingis, he's like they just kind of run their thing, and eventually, and I kind of you know sprinkle in plays here and there, which is kind of a big thing for Carlisle because he used to be the guy. Yeah. You know, we know the Rondo story of you know wanting to call all the plays and Jason Kidd and all that stuff. Seems like Carlisle has really uh, changed in that way, at least. But he says that Porzingis and Luca kind of run the show, and uh, Luca's doing an incredible job doing it. At least in this game, he definitely showed that. Yeah, and even on that dancing play with with Drew Holiday, which is just incredible, you know, he makes that that incredible pass. Like he doesn't even go up for the shot, and that, that he needed to make because if you see the picture, I tweeted out the picture, like the screenshot. Zion, his armpit is going to block the ball if Luca put tries to put up a layup he, there in real time. You think why didn't he go up for the layup? But he couldn't. There's no way Zion was going to engulf that. Zion got up so high in that play, but. I think this game, and I get it. it. This was Zion's first career back-to-back game. Yeah, in his in his career, I get it. He, um, did he it, fall down twenty-seven times? Uh, Twenty-six, it just, probably. It kept, it, every time Zion would would be in a I'm play, like, are I you banged like, up or is that just your walk? <laughs> I don't like this. Was well, like the walk is normal, but for him to actually for him to like have a play happen and he falls down and on. The, I mean, I think he was horizontal more than he was vertical in this game. I think so. Like when he walks, still, back down still the scored court twenty points. <laughs> yes, I feel like it's it's like um, like a ten year old who gets told no and it's like go to your room and he's like turns around and just like stomps so off. Right. Your uh, future. But, <laughs> I, I know, um, but no, I mean he. Yeah, I think the under twenty five players that you know we've talked about on this pod and ESPN did their thing and all this stuff. I think a lot. Some people debated the Zion Luca thing. It's not even a debate, in my opinion. No. And I think watching, and I, I know you can't pull one game. I get that. But just seeing the glimpse of both of them tonight, you can run your off. You can give the ball to Luca, run the offense through it, all this stuff. Like Zion still needs help getting the ball. Just at this point, I don't think it's even a conversation. I think Luca is the number one guy under 24 years old, or however you want to say it, that you would want to start your franchise with. And and he and he showed that tonight. Luca can be a number one option on offense. I don't know if Zion can be that. And Zion's not even 20 games into his NBA career, so to make these comparisons yeah. is kind of crazy. But uh, Zion, the type of player he is, is going to be the best number two you can have. I don't think he can be a number one. Uh, the way that he plays. Now, maybe he adds something to his game later, like during the offseason, this offseason, or even like four offseasons from now, he could add something yeah. to his game and become a number one for sure. But at this point in their career, Luka is already to the point where he can be a number one and be the best player on a championship team. And I don't think we know that about Zion yet. So, uh, yeah. you know, that's with the, the sample size we have right now. Take that as you will. All right, coming up, let's get into some of these um, – audio clips because it's some really good stuff from Porzingis, Luca, and again, 
Isaac talked to Zion, so we'll talk about that. Hear from him coming up. All right, Isaac, let's hear from Kristaps Porzingis first. I thought he had a really good uh, quote after about the end of the game, just talk, walking us through and then talking about um, you know the shot from Melly because that was just <laughs> – I mean, he had a front row seat, the very front row seat to uh, see this Melly shot that forced overtime. Oh, uh, yeah, no. A lot of guys stepped up. Um, Seth hit a huge three. Um, Tim knocked down important three throws. Uh, Luca hit a big three, big step back. And uh, overall, I think we've taken a, a little step forward in terms of uh, finishing our games. You know, we had a couple of things we could have done better, especially myself, that, that quarter three for Melly. You know, I just gave him just enough space where he'd get off real quick and, and, and made a huge three for them. So. That one hurt, but um, I'm glad we're able to get our, our, our minds back together and, and uh, finish the game in overtime. I just like I was talking about putting it all together, uh, you know, because that's kind of what this Mavs team needs to do. That they have all these these pieces, and at the end of games, they like the Mavericks have the best offense in NBA history as far as you know offensive rating. They can score points, right? Like when it comes down to, to clutch time, they just have to put all the pieces together. It just has to, you know, everything has to be clicking in the right way. They have to all be working together. The chemistry has to be right. They have to be taking the right shots. They have to be, you know, running their plays and getting open in the in the right times. And uh, in this in this game, at least, we saw that they were executing in that way. And, uh, and and trust, like yeah, trust trusting each other means the world, and the fact you know it means the world to Seth Curry that when you even have a guy like Luca who is a star in the league already, and you know he has to step back and can do all the ISO stuff and all that stuff, that in the fourth quarter in a clutch moment. Luca doesn't go for a contested shot or even contested shot in the paint. He finds Seth Curry for that corner three and he drains it. And it was a massive shot. And that that's trust right there of Luca saying, Hey, I'm going to trust my 44% three point shooter in Seth Curry. And you know, that means a lot to Seth. Absolutely. Um, yeah, just some big plays, some really big plays. The Melly shot that he just said he just made a good shot. Uh, Porzingis is going to hit that shot against other people, so he's he's going to get he's going to get yeah. people back on that one. Uh, this is Porzingis talking about his relationship with Luca uh, and how they played because they were the dynamic duo. I mean, everything we've said about them, they proved in this game. Luca would probably say he had a bad game just with the turnovers and stuff like that. I mean, what does it say about him that it, you know, overtime he's he's right there making those three, four, five plays in a row? Yeah, no. Luca is Luca. You know, he's, we're both I think very similar. You know, we're very we have very high expectations for ourselves. You know, we're the, the harshest critic in a way. You know, for ourselves and 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 that's what that's what you gotta be when you want to be when you uh, are thriving uh, to be a great player. And, and you know, he, he's doing that. He's. He's always harsh on himself. He wants to, he wants to win every game. He wants to do everything right. And, and um, I mean, he just makes, he, he keeps making huge plays for us. And, and and I think he's also learned a lot in this season. And and we, you know, we'll keep growing together and, and getting better. I think that quote is what's going to make Luca and Porzingis great players, right? I think we're taking we're taking so many hyperboles from this game, but the fact that you know they never settle that. Um, you know, even Luca would say this is a bad game because of the turnovers, but they got the win, so they, you know, are happy with their games, but they still just want to get better and want to improve and want to do, you know, things the right way and you know, all that kind of stuff. Like all the accolades you could say, all the you know, the positives that you could say about them, that they are not content is what's gonna make them great players. Yeah, and I love that. I love that KP said that, 
you know, just like you said, he's like, that's what makes him great. And he knows that Luca's a great player. Luca knows that he's a great player too. Uh, knows that KP's a great player and them respecting, trusting, knowing that about each other. It just sets the foundation for where they can go. It's incredible. It's, it's incredible. <laughs> these two guys, uh, the fact that the Mavericks have both of these guys that, uh, man, I, I was thinking back to that. Um, remember we talked about the Max Kellerman and uh, Adrian Wojnarowski from the Woj pod, that interview. They were talking about Porzingis, and when Porzingis was with the Knicks, he would he was kind of feeling like he wasn't getting not necessarily the right kind of treatment, but the, the star player organization relationship was not right with the Knicks somehow. And so they – Kellerman said that Porzingis would go to other. Knicks have a lot of relationship problems. <laughs> that Porzingis would go to other. <laughs> Porzingis would go to other stars. Follow the daily chaos. <laughs> Keep going. Porzingis would go to other stars in the NBA and ask them about their relationship with their franchise and say, "Okay, what should I expect from them? What should I be giving to them? Am I doing all the right things? Am I, you know, working and doing all this stuff?" and that's just that's a special and Woj even said that's a special quality in a player and the fact that the Mavericks have two guys like that, come on and the fact that they're both from Europe and so was Dirk, <laughs> can't script it any better. Um, all right, couple more clips here and then we'll hear from Zion. Um, Luca had you know the thumb is still an issue and I think it's not really going to go away anytime soon. So here's Luca talking a couple of times uh, consecutively here about his thumb. He did get an X-ray on it. Uh, at this point, we don't know any results from it. I don't think we're going to learn anything. I think it's just going to be a thumb sprain, uh, and I don't think it's going to be any more than that because he didn't he didn't hurt it too bad. But let's hear from Luca talking about his thumb, and giving us an update. What did you get extra? My thumb again. How's it feel? It hurts, but you know you got to get through it. So you're probably going to get hit every game, you know, almost every game. So he's going to fight through it. It, it bothers me, you know. It's, it hurts, but like I say, you know, I can play with it. You know, I gotta, I gotta wrap it. I got this plastic thing, uh, so, I, so if I get hit, I only hit the hurt. But you know, just gotta fight through it and just play games. Is it affecting your ball handling? I don't know. I, I just try to uh, get off, off the thumb of my mind when I play there. So, yeah, stop. Translation. Yeah, it's bothering my ball handling, but I don't want to say that it is, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, Luca had taken all this questions. He got a lot of questions about that thumb thing. When we were walking into the locker room, he walks out to go to the x-ray room, and the x-ray room is, like, if you go to get an x-ray as a player, everybody's going to see it for the most part. Like, all the media is going to see it because there's just the, yeah, the entrance into the room is, is pretty visible. Well, so if you he were walked- on Twitter, it was like a sea, it was like a wave of all the Mavericks pe- like reporters that you follow all saying, Luca's going yes. to go get x-rayed, just immediately there, tweeted at we the same time. We were all standing outside the locker room. Luca walks past us to go into the x-ray room, <laughs> and it's like you can see everybody on their phone. Who could tweet it out the fastest? And I was just laughing. I'm like, I'm not even going to tweet this. It's like a reverse I- zoo that you guys <laughs> yes. were the animals. And- <laughs> so, so, but we were, but nobody knew what it was about, so then everybody was like, oh, mumbling, wonder what it was, and he comes back and says it was a thumb and i think tim mcmahon said it best it was a precautionary thing and yeah it it's obviously not healthy so they're they're just trying to yeah. uh you know make sure it's okay and and luke is getting these questions about it and he's the type of guy he doesn't want to make excuses he don't want to sit there and be like oh yeah i can barely dribble and all this stuff he's gonna <laughs> say i'm gonna play through it it hurts and like that's dribble. it yeah that's it and, i mean he played really dang well tonight so i don't think any of our listeners are this person but 
if you're still out there somehow, yeah. if you're the person out there that says, you know, Luca, Porzingis, whatever, they're soft. Mm, no. Get no. Get out of here. Because he, he's, he's playing through this injury right now, and the Mavericks are resting him. He's not making this decision. The Mavericks decided to rest him for, for other reasons. Uh, he could keep playing, and he is playing through this injury, but he could sit out. He could tell the Mavericks, hey, I don't want to play because of this thumb, and he could sit out. But he's playing through it, and he wants to play through it. And I think that's tough. And I think yeah. that uh, I think that Luca's proven a lot of you know the type of player that he is and the type of person that he is with this. Yeah, we say are we, we too hyping up this win too much? I feel like we can't. No, we're not. This is a fun win. I feel like we this can't. This is a heck of a win. This is this was a huge win for I mean not I'll say both teams, but like Pelicans needed this win. Did the more Mavs than... knock the Pelicans out of the playoffs? No, no. They still they got you know a tough schedule ahead. They but... were four games out of the playoffs, and then after tonight, the Grizzlies won their game and the Maverick and the Mavericks beat the Pelicans, so now they're five games out, and I think the Pelicans have nineteen games left. Yeah, not completely out of the playoffs, but I mean it's definitely an uphill battle. And they just they lost the game the night before in Minnesota, and that was a killer for them. And I think they have another tough game against Miami come Friday for them too. So uh, definitely not easy for them right now. But both teams in the playoff hunt, you know, definitely Dallas is you know going to be there. But Dallas, you know, didn't want to lose two in a row, so they take this game. And obviously they got Memphis coming on Friday. Dallas does too. So another big game there, but. That makes Dallas twenty and five now after losses. Uh, I'm not for sure. I think so. I think they were nineteen and five after losses. Which I'm just is one of the best I, in I mean, the NBA. We can be this excited because one, it was a home win. Two, it was a clutch win. Double whammy. Yes. All right. So we don't get this very often. So getting the David monkey Locke, off 40 our minutes. back. Let's go. One stigma at a time. <laughs> Let's listen to Zion. All right. Let's hear from Zion. This is Isaac talking about him or talking about him talking to him. Uh, Isaac went head to toe with Zion. Let's hear from him talking about his uh, first experience playing against Luca. Um, you know, I think Luca's a great player. I don't ever think he, you know, tries to do things he like. I guess can't do. He's always getting his spots. You know, he's always creative for his teammates. And I mean, it shows. Like, you know, he's, a, he's just a great player. Like, you got to respect him. You got to know Luca very much through the All Star Weekend or Jordan Brand. Um. No, I didn't get to know him that much, to be honest. Um, you know, All-Star Weekend is, like, so fast. Like, you're busy all day. So, you know, most of the time, you're not even with, like, teams. You and Luca, two young stars, same division. You're going to play each other for the next decade. Do you look forward to this matchup over the years? Um, yeah, I do look forward to this matchup. Um, you know, you always want to play against the best. And, you know, whenever we match up, you know, hopefully it's a great matchup and, I'm one of those dudes where I hope I get the win, but he got the win tonight. Great question by you. It is going to be like 10 years of this, right? Like That's pretty awesome. Yeah, I mean, same division, and as long as they keep regular, you know, this whole scheduled type thing up, I mean, you're looking at Zion being in Dallas at least, you know, two times a year and playing the Pelicans, you know, four times a year. And, uh, I mean, yeah, same thing with Grizzlies, too. I mean, it's just a fun division, a fun young division, but – in particular, you're looking at arguably the two faces of the NBA for the next, you know, foreseeable future, yeah. Zion and Luca, and it's just yeah, it's the first time they played against each other outside the Rising Stars game, and 
it's just fun to see these guys on the court. And man, you know, obviously it's the first time I've got to meet Zion and, and talk to him. I was there. I got there super early to the game tonight, but I, I really, I just wanted to watch Zion warm up and does he have gravity? Like, does he have like a tractor beam? Like when you're standing next to him that like you start orbiting around him. <laughs> What's crazy <laughs> is I was setting, uh, I was talking to uh, Doyle Kobe beef on Twitter. We were sitting on Shouts. the, uh, uh, a court side there waiting on Zion to come out and there's a lot of media in front of us on the court waiting so we couldn't really see the court too much everywhere <laughs> everywhere and so we're sitting there talking and all of a sudden you hear this the crowd just start roaring out of some <laughs> uh, across the court somebody's coming out of the tunnel and they're like all right it has to be Zion you know not many players have that ability in the league that you know that garners the roar from the crowd that you know when they come out of the tunnel and he literally comes out on the floor everybody's sitting there taking videos and pictures of him kind of like Seth you know Steph Curry Seth <laughs> Steph Curry when he goes to his like dribbling routine and stuff and he literally talks with some assistants walks around the court just a little bit and shoots like 10 free throws and then he just leaves and I'm like what kind of pregame routine is this but it was my first time being up close next, you know, next to him. So I was like, you know, a little shorter than I thought. And you know, he he would be even he though I knew he's like six six, six seven, or whatever. But I mean, just a, a brick house. I mean, <laughs> the dude is. I mean, he's straight up linebacker. Uh, I mean, he just. Charks and I were debating on how much he weighed. It's solid, it has to be so, three hundred. Solid two eighty five. Uh, I f- do That's, feel like he's lost weight since he's been since he's been in the lit like. I feel like he's thinner now than when he started. Yeah. But he's just it I mean, it looks like his body fat percentage is like point two. <laughs> I mean, he just looks rock solid. So then yeah, he came out uh, out of the locker room. He got a lot of treatment after the game. Yeah, I guess because it was his first career, you know, back to back. Well whatever. he fell down but a thousand times. I will say this, you hear this a lot, and I've I was only around him for a brief brief period of time, and it was after a loss. He just seems like a joy to be around. He was, you know, he was even smiling some in some of the questions. He was very, like, just very respectful and nice and polite. And it, you just don't see that a lot of times with young players, especially somebody to his dark caliber. He just seems like the nicest. I don't even want to call him kid, even though it's crazy. He's like over ten. Year, I'm like over ten years older than him, but, um, <laughs> but anyway, he's just a super. He just seems like a super nice guy, and I'm happy that he's in a league. And so anyway, yeah, talking to him and stuff was fun. I should title this one: Isaac has a quarter life crisis at the end of this podcast. You should listen to it. <laughs> what am I doing with my life? There you go, guys. Hope you enjoyed this one. We'll be back uh, on Friday talking more Mavericks uh, and the Mavericks play against the Grizzlies this weekend coming up. So that should be a fun one, guys. Thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Mavs. Peace out. Boom. <laughs> <laughs>